from behind home plate. Your Orioles talk. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Behind home plate, we bringing it to them all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up, son? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Now, here come the boys from Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Roca. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Good. Good. Doing well. Uh, all right. You froze there for a second, but I think you're good. Yeah. Back? I'm back. Sorry. I skipped all already. Right. All right. Yeah, you skipped already. You didn't well, plug that cord in, did you? No, this is a sign of things to come. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's, uh, all right. So we're running off Wi-Fi. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. We're doing, uh, yeah, go ahead. You can go. All right. Now, skipping, talking over each other. This show is going to be a smash hit. The, I would, no, I was just going to say, I'm, I, we're in a, a preschool hunting season. I'm looking for a preschool for Silas. Did okay. you go through this with your girls where you have to, I guess there's early sign up. So there's like a lot of preschools, all the slots are already taken. And so you got to kind of get to shop around and do tours and figure out which preschool to, to send them to. It's really uh, even pre-preschool. It's a threes class. Yeah, I we did that. I don't think we did much shopping around. Uh, there was one place that was recommended to us, and we liked it. So we sent Emma there at like three years old or whatever. Mm. And then it. And then once we got one kid in, I think they just kept like your slot. They would always take your kid. So okay. we always had room. So uh, that was like, I don't know, 12 years ago. So that was a long time ago where I can understand it's a lot more uh, complicated. I had other things I had to deal with this week that might be as stressful as, as preschool shopping. Oh, yeah. What's that? Uh, so we're building a house. So we signed all the papers to build a house. So the, the stress today was what color do you want the house? Mm. I've never had to think about the color of a house. It mm. just comes with a color when you buy a house. Uh, you got to go with the black and orange. So we spent Saturday and Sunday driving around looking at other houses to pick out colors. And then we settled on some some colors to make our selection today. Oh, man. Josh, yeah. this is going to be a long process for you between what kind of, uh, what, what kind of handles to put in the cabinets to, to colors of everything. To well, No, see, that stuff's all easy because if it costs extra money, no, I just want the standard. Okay. So that, so we, 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 we just took our time to figure out the color, and we went with a gray color. I tried to get an orange door, and Mandy wouldn't go for the orange door. Yeah, it scares me so a little bit that you guys have all that power and decision-making. So. Well, not, I don't think there's a whole lot of decision-making. I think most of them are made for you. Okay. Color of the house seems like a really big deal, though. It does. It seems like something where it's like, don't you just, like, that's how it was like, you know what? The only reason it's a big decision is because they give you a book of 45 different options. 
Mm. And they, and you got to pick the body of the house, the trim of the house, the door color, and the garage door color. So I, I, I told Mandy, can't we just make the whole thing just white? Oh, and the color of the roof as well. Mm. I'm like, just pick it all white, and then we can decide later and paint it later. But we, we settled on some colors, so I think it'll look okay and not look look not look like an ugly house in the neighborhood. Did you and Mandy agree, or was there some debate here? No, no, we agreed. Ah, that's too bad. We agreed. Yeah, there was the only debate was that I there was a cool orange door that I liked, and Mandy did not want an orange door. That was the only debate. I'm she sure. said no. I said yes. Oh, no problem. We'll take the blue one. <laughs> I'm sure Mandy and the builders are happy with that decision. The uh, no, the, the 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 preschool thing. The only thing I'm disappointed at is some of those schools are already like filled up, and it was just like first come first serve. I thought I based for next year, yeah, for next year. I thought built based on television, like there was some kind of entrance test, right? Like an interview, yeah, or an interview, right? Isn't that supposed to work? But now it's just first come first serve. I said, Em, I don't want any business with these schools who are just first come first serve. I want an entrance test in an interview. Yeah, I think the problem, the reason that you did not find the schools that have the interviews is I think those cost a lot more and are are uh, gonna you're gonna have to spend a whole lot more money to try to send your kid to one of those prestigious schools. Yeah, though so, uh, when, when you when you're trying to get the cheaper schools, it's uh, first come first serve. Yeah, though to clarify, when I say I want to interview and 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 testing, I want to be I wanted to do that to prove that Silas needs preschool more than these other kids. Because when they realize the boy can only say right. ball and no and then just grunts everything else, they'll realize, hold up, this guy needs preschool more than these other kids. So yeah, they, they, let's let him in this there. Isn't, this isn't the Barney Rubble preschool. Those, those, tests, those tests are for because they want the most qualified people. They're, they're not looking for the biggest challenge. No, see, I'm, yeah, see, I'm doing the opposite. I think they should let in the people the, who, has the, who have the most needs. Yeah, I and, feel like that's more of like a scientist who's looking for a challenge rather than a preschool teacher. Okay. Um, Silas can hit a baseball hard, though. Not so much good with vocalizing, yeah. but he can hit a baseball pretty well. Just saying, he kind of reminds me of Nick Marcakis. Just goes around there and grunts, but can hit a baseball pretty well. All right, can, and, and smile. Yeah. And that's about it. He can smile when he makes the playoffs. He hasn't made the playoffs yet, so no smile for Silas yet. I saw no, but, uh, hook Silas to the caravan. Yeah, I was going to say he did have a whole lot of smiles when he was at the Orioles caravan. So that was a pretty cool event. We went to the one. I know they were happening all over great, the greater Baltimore, Maryland area. We went to the one in Annapolis, which featured Ryan McKenna, Mike Bordick, um, and Trey Mancini. Um, Mike Bordick had the shortest line to go meet. And then Ryan McKenna and then Trey Mancini, his line was very long. Well, yeah, he's the face of the franchise. Yes, he is the face of the franchise. So he 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 had quite and, and we didn't wait in the Mike Bordick line because didn't really care, to be honest. And I didn't wait in the Trey Mancini line. I just waited. We waited in the Ryan McKenna line um, and they were handing out like like autograph vouchers. I didn't realize. I don't know how this stuff works. Um, I figured they do autographs. So I got a baseball. Silas's first baseball and went and got it signed. But that's all it was. It was just three autograph lines. And that was the caravan, which is fine. And so I waited. Wait, wait. 
there was no like speak, like no talk or you could take pictures, but was there anything organized? It was just autograph lines. There was a little booth. I mean, and it wasn't. It was a little, bit, a little table with two guys, and you could sign up for like opening day ticket giveaways. And I signed up, and they gave me a T-shirt. But that was it. There was just that little table, and okay. then it was the three guys signing autographs, the three players, um, or okay. two players and former player. Because I yeah. saw they had other places where the guys were like serving beers and and. Uh, playing games with kids and stuff. Yeah. So that's the thing about the caravan, right? Each location I think was unique. And this was like, ours was held outside, right? Like right, right there on the, on the, you know, on the end of, um, of the dock in, in Annapolis in downtown Annapolis. And so, um, the other locations, I think like some of them were at a happy hour. Most of the other ones I think were actually indoors. This one was outdoors. So it was a little bit chilly. Um, so it depends what location you went to. Each one was different, but they had the big bus parked out there, the Orvis Caravan. And Ryan and Ryan McKenna, I mean, went up there, shook his hand, saw his hand in the baseball. I mean, Ryan McKenna, let's say this, yeah, he's I was taller than him, Ryan McKenna, or was outfielder on the 40-man roster. Very short, um, very well trimmed and nice beard. Um, I ran into Eric RDT down there, hung out with him a little bit. He compared him to Eric Weddle. Right, who has that very nice beard? Okay. Um, so I didn't mention it to Eric, but we were both wearing the same shoes. That was kind of awkward. So I just let that slide. You and Eric? Yeah, I hope he didn't notice that I was wearing the same exact shoes as he was wearing. I didn't say anything about it, though. I noticed, and it, it really I noticed right when I started talking to him, and so it kind of threw me off for the rest of the uh, conversation because all I could keep on thinking about is oh. how could we both be wearing these weird gray Under Armour shoes? Uh, it's kind of weird. Like they're not even like popular. Like I don't know, typical. Well, shoes. he must he must have not noticed because I'm pretty sure the bar stool way is if there's something awkward like that, you just trash and destroy the person online. Yeah, that's also another reason I I'm always wary talking to anyone connected to bar stool. Right, exactly. I don't know what they're capable of, so I'm always wary about any conversation. No, but you Eric, know what they're capable of is the problem. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, they have a little bit too much power on social media for my liking, but but um. But and we talked a little bit about the Titans. You know, I told him, you know, I had to mute you, Eric, for a little while because you were going all in the Titans. And he talked about losing followers because of that. But 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 no, uh, Ryan McKenna was as nice as can be, and we and we got our picture taken. And I thought about raiding the line for Trey Mancini. Silas doesn't really care. And it was, you know, you had to wait an hour to get an autograph. Yeah. And by the time we got there, we got there probably 15 minutes after it started, and they already ran out of vouchers. So they were like, you can, because they're handing out autograph vouchers. I don't know why. But they were only guaranteeing the vouchers. Yeah. And so, so they said, you can wait in line, but they right. may leave. And right. at we 2 might o'clock, leave as soon as the vouchers were done. Yeah. And they signed all the way up into 2, but at 2 o'clock, because they got somewhere else to be, right? The caravan was on the move. So at 2 o'clock, they, 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 they were out. Um, but yeah, but we've still been able right. to get Brian McKenna uh, signature. And it was a nice day downtown. Parking was a bit of a mess. Just... But downtown has plenty of parking, but usually you can park right in the parking lot. But they had another event going on in downtown Annapolis. This is TMI, but they had another event with a ton of people in downtown Annapolis, the same exact time as the caravan. So that was a little bit awkward. But all in all, it was a great event. All right. So um, we canceled Fan Fest and we got the Winter Fest or whatever that was called. And yeah. then we've got the caravan. Is yeah. the combination of these two events uh a good replacement for fan fest do you find that this is a better use of uh resources yeah i don't know it's a good question i mean 
what I like is baseball. What I don't like are people. So like they're like FanFest, you know, there's a ton of people. Ton of, and that's, I take it back. I like people. I don't like lines. And so, you know, FanFest, all I think of is lines and like can't move anywhere, can't walk across without, you know, bumping up across 10 people. Right. And, and, and the caravan, just like the Winterfest, partly because the Winterfest, it was raining, but the, but the caravan was just like, I don't know, a, f- a few hundred people just kind of hanging out. So it was just more, it's, it's just more low key, more intimate. You, I was having conversations with those around me in line and it wasn't like people everywhere, like Silas could run around. And it was, I, I liked those aspects of it where it seems a little bit more informal. You have, I would never really, at FanFest, I would never have interactions with the player because you would have to wait in one of those four hour lines right. for the autographs. This, I waited in line, Silas, Silas, um, uh, Silas and I were in line for probably 10 minutes. And then we got okay. to McKenna and get a signature. So that was all cool. And it's fun to, and you could even like, I don't think you do this at FanFest where we had like, I don't know, like a, a minute conversation and we got a picture taken with Ryan McKenna. I don't think they even do that at FanFest because it's just the autographs. And like, I don't, I don't care about autographs at all. Like I could care less about autographs. I think it's kind of cool to get Silas into it. And it's a way to meet the player and you're supposed to kind of the tradition of signing a baseball. But like, that that would never drive me to go to one of these events to, to get signatures. But I know there was a lot of people who had like the the helmets and the bats. I even saw people like get the autograph from Trey Mancini and then go wait and then go immediately back in the line for Trey Mancini to get something else signed. Like that. So those, those are the frust- those are the annoying people. Yeah. So so there was this autograph hounds out there. But all in all, I thought it was it was smaller it was more intimate and i think that's what michael Elias was going for and i like those aspects of it yeah all right first uh well two thoughts first you know how you get rid of those autograph people who just want to get the stuff and sell it on ebay they need to make the orioles you sign it to a person so they're not just signing balls but it says to uh silas oh that's a really good point i should have had him do that actually i should have said if you that's a good point if you personalize it it takes all the eBay value away, but then it adds so much more personal value. Yeah. But then they might have, how do you spell Silas? And it becomes a whole thing. Yeah. But then the lines are shorter because you don't have the old men that are just trying to scalp. I, I have a guy I work with down here and he was so excited that the chiefs made it to the Super Bowl because he's uh, flips sports memorabilia on like online and autographs. So all season he invested in a bunch of Mahomes gear and stuff, signature stuff that he bought online, all as an investment, hoping that the Chiefs would make it to the Super Bowl. Hmm. Figuring that if he couldn't flip it this year, they'll make it one of these years and he'll have all this Mahomes stuff to sell. Yeah. Uh, so I don't like that. I don't want those type of people when I'm going to an Orioles thing. Yeah. But uh, second, you talked about the short lines and low-key event. Is that because of the event or is that the state of the team right now? Like... Hmm. There's the Orioles announced uh, this week. I was listening to the Hot Stove Show, and they announced how if you came to the caravan, you could buy opening day tickets with no commitment to buy a single other game. You could yeah. just buy only opening day. I've never heard that before, even in those bad 14 years. I don't remember hearing that. Yeah, uh, I know for season ticket holders, they you normally they allow you to purchase in the really good years. You could purchase like four tickets. 
and uh, as it lessened, they allowed you to purchase however many seats you had, or maybe the other way around, something like that. Um, and now this year, they let you purchase up to 10 tickets. Yeah, there was some funny rule, and I don't know if this is because dad didn't notice how to use a, use a computer, or if this is really the rule, where he said he had to buy sets of three, because you couldn't leave a seat at the end or something, so you, you ended up having to buy two sets of three. I don't know exactly what was. You couldn't leave an empty seat, so you can't buy like three and have one seat all by itself. Mm. So he could buy, he could have probably bought four or something. Depends on the row, yeah, I guess. Yeah, depending on the row, but he could, you can't buy four. Five or you couldn't buy three and two or something. I don't know. But opening day will definitely sell out, right? I don't know. They're selling single game tickets. Like you can call them up now and get a ticket to opening day without purchasing any other games. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if we got to the point where no one's like people aren't even going to care about opening day. Yeah. I mean, but but I, the reality of it is, Josh, with those small intimate things, and I don't know how much of an effect this has. But I do know, like, just meeting Ryan McKenna, and he's super nice because who's not going to be super nice at one of these things, right? Just saying hi and get a picture taken. But he was really nice about it. Um, I don't know how you can be a jerk about it, but he was really ni- not nice about it. And Silas now knows, like, who Ryan McKenna is. And he's, right. he's so proud of that autograph. So now, like, we are Ryan McKenna fans. And I think we'll start out probably in Bowie, I would guess. And we're going to go watch Bowie, and we're specifically going to root for Ryan McKenna. And when he makes it to the majors – like that's going to be really exciting for us because I met Ryan McKenna. And I think that experience is going to be for a lot of fans like this. I don't know, like Adley Rushman poured me a beer. You're probably already like Adley Rushman, but like someone poured, poured you a beer and you're going to root a little bit more for that guy. Um, at one of these happy hour events. So I think, but again, in the grand scheme of things, is that going to, is that going to make people buy tickets to open day? Probably not, but it's going to, increase my interest for Ryan McKenna and his career, totally. the fact that I met him. Yeah, totally. I think that's why people got or love Trey Bancini so much is because when he was a young guy, when he was coming up, he was so nice and personable. And that's what, that's what this, the Orioles have right now is this awesome opportunity of letting you get to know the future and get to know these young guys so that you're not only cheering for the team, you're cheering for these individuals because you watch them mature and become these like big league players. It's a, it's, it's cool. And it's going to be awesome in like, uh, whatever, 2023, when this team is fully packed of homegrown guys that we all saw in Bowie and Frederick and Delmarva that we've been watching for years. It's like something to look forward to. And then it's just going to be even more exciting when they're up there. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. I don't know how typical this is. I think about in other sports, about people who are unhappy being on losing teams. Um, and it just seems like that goes around a lot. But with the Orioles, um, you I was listening to an interview with Michael Givens. He does not want to be traded. He wants to stay with the Orioles. Trey Mancini does not want to be traded. You And you hear interviews with guys like Austin Hayes. Like these guys are excited about the Orioles, excited about what's going on with this Orioles organization, with this Orioles team. It's a little bit weird I mean, even guys like veterans like Andrew Kashner did not want to leave. Um, so it's kind of weird, but like the players are soup are all in on the Orioles. And I don't know you if you always see that with a losing team, partly because I think everyone knows that the Orioles are now heading in the right direction, 
partly because it's this youth movement. And so young players are naturally excited about the opportunity. But it's just, it seems like everyone, it seems like the, the Orioles organization is on the right track and players are excited to play for this team and want to play for this team, even knowing that they're probably going to lose 100 games this year. See, I think you're, I think, yes, I see what you're seeing. I think it's because there's opportunity. And I think there's guys who have been here a long time, like Givens, who beyond the opportunity, it's, it's, he's got a family here. Like you don't want to move your family and kids. That's all a pain. I don't, the only reason I got to go with it being more opportunities and the excitement of the opportunities and the future of this team is because for years we've heard about the dysfunction in this organization of veterans, not wanting to come to this organization, that the Orioles are a mess. And we always compared it to, you asked about how this is in other sports. The Baltimore Ravens are a team in the NFL that you hear nothing but wonderful praise for. And you always hear veterans saying they hope to one day be able to come to Baltimore and play with the Ravens. And you see guys like uh, Chuck Clark, uh, safety, what we just re-signed yesterday or today they announced it. Yeah, just today they announced it, yep. Yeah, and it's like three years, 15 million. That's a great deal for that guy. He could have hit free agency and probably made a little bit more money. Um, I guess it's an extension, so free agency would have been next year for him, I think. Yeah. But it, it's still one of those things where people like to play for the Ravens. So when you oh, compare yeah. to other sports, we see it with the Ravens. Um, before Adam Jones not wanting to leave – we had not heard that in Baltimore from anyone. Yeah. And that's why had no desire to stay. Yeah. And that's why it was a little bit annoying the, what the Orioles did to Adam Jones. Cause like, here's a guy who finally wants to stay in Baltimore and we're sending him off and we're, and we, and and we don't want him back. He's still bitter about it too. Yeah. Yeah. We, and with good reason, I think, uh, I think he believes the organization did him wrong. Um, and I get why the Orioles did what they did, but I also kind of see his perspective as well. Like totally. It, it didn't cost him a lot to keep him. Right. No, and, he would have played for Pence. Yeah, and what instead we had freaking Stevie Wilkerson um leading the outfield in center field. All right, exactly. Like, what the heck? But uh, but yeah, so I think uh and they said, you know, they even hinted at the possibility of doing in season Oriole Birdland caravans. So uh, I mean I'm curious to see. And they said this is definitely won't be the last one. Um okay. and certainly like you would assume they get better at it. I don't know really where they could improve certainly like more players involved in it. I know um, I heard a little bit about some people being upset or manager Hyde, maybe being a little bit annoyed that it was so close to spring training, right? A lot of them were in Florida had to fly up for it and then fly right back to Florida because this is so close. I mean, players are starting to report in Florida, right? And, and, and this caravan got in the way of that a little bit. Um, but I, the scheduling, I'm sure, is a complicated thing. Well, it's a weird, complicated thing because the other thing that you always hear during the offseason is like players hate fan fest and stuff because it's in the middle of their break or yeah. they got they might have a vacation planned and stuff. So by doing it closer to spring training, you're already knowing, well, this guy's not going to be in Europe yeah. backpacking and not going to be taking some huge trip. The other thing is I think it's much easier to do the caravan with young kids, like with these young rookies that like, this is exciting for them. Yeah. I don't think you're going to see guys like, um, Mark Trumbo, Delman young, older veteran guys that we have on this team. I mean, even Chris Davis, you didn't see him out at this caravan. 
yeah. anywhere. Yeah, so, and yeah, like Mark Trumbo, if he was still on the team, certainly would have no part in this caravan nonsense. Um, and yeah, I think I think you're right. This is going to be a face of the franchise, Trey Mancini, and then and other, other younger players. Yeah, which right. makes sense for the Orioles to do. Where you're starting this youth movement and for you now to get excited about younger players, and because I don't even know if the Orioles have like veterans to even do this with. No, Chris Cobb. Davis, I think, is the only one. Alex Cobb, maybe Chris Davis, yeah, and right. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think you saw. Yeah, because I don't think any, pitchers and catchers report tomorrow officially. Yeah. So I don't think there were any uh, outside. I guess Adley Rushman was up here. Rushman was there. So so you had him as a catcher up here, but I don't know if any pitchers were up here. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. They got a lot of young pitchers, right? And um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think anything. I don't, I don't remember seeing like Keegan Aiken or Astro Wachikowski up here. None of those guys. Yeah, or Hunter Harvey even. Yeah, it's true. John Means. John Means would have been. Huge lines if they brought him up here. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah, so yeah that was it's it's nice to see him do something. Yeah. Um, Josh, are you excited about tomorrow pitchers and catchers report? Like, what are you going to do to celebrate pitchers and catchers reporting? <laughs> I'm going to go on Twitter and see which pitchers are fat, which ones are in good shape, uh, who's pitching from a mound, who's pitching from flat ground. What else did we learn from the first couple of days of spring to, training? To read that every pitcher is feeling great. Uh, yeah. They're pumped for their best season ever. They've never been in such good shape and never felt right. so good. Yeah. Right. Right. See the, uh, all the, um, all the, all the press that's covering the Orioles get their selfies together and all be back together. Yeah. I mean, this is, we've talked before about the competition. I mean, if there is competition on this team in spring training, like it's around pitching, um, because I don't. No, it's not. Sure, it is. I don't. I don't believe that there's. I don't believe that there is any competition in Sarasota this year to make the big league team this year. I don't think there's. I think there is zero competition. You don't think there's competition to be the fourth and fifth, and fifth starter? You don't think there's competition to be really? So who's the who's going to be the fourth and fifth starter, Josh? Um, uh, that LeBlanc guy. And okay. David Hess. Seriously, I don't. I don't think any. There's. I think Keegan Aiken can pitch lights out in this spring training, and he's not coming up. What about? I I disagree. I think if he pitches, I think I out, think he's 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 the number fifth starter. What about who, guys like the role? Cole Stewart is a guy they signed to a kind of a major league minor league con- right. contract. There's also, yeah, you're right, the Rule 5 guy. The Rule 5, that Bradley Brandon, or whatever. Brandon ba- ba- Bailey, yeah. Bailey. All right. He That's where your competition too. is. Your competition is these guys that had a minor, these major league players that got a minor league contract and the Rule 5 guy. There's your competition. Yeah, and, and don't think that the Rule 5 is guaranteed of making it because he's a Rule 5 guy. We saw, what was his name? Oh, man, was it Andrew Jackson? Is that the guy's name? I'm making that up. That who we, we had a second <laughs> no, rule five guy. I don't think it was Andrew Jackson. <laughs> I'm making that up. Who well, there was a second rule five guy, right? Who could play every position. And my bold prediction was that he would play every position on the field. And like the next day, he was sent back to Boston. Right. Um, okay. I remember. Yeah, Curtis Jackson. No, it's not. It wasn't Curtis Jackson. I think I'm. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think Curtis Jackson. I think isn't Curtis Jackson Fifty Cent's real name? I think so. No, it's not Curtis Jackson. It's uh. You sure, I think it's Curtis Jackson. Is it really? Why else would Why else would Curtis Jackson be st- the name that pops out? I don't know. 
But yeah, yeah, Curtis Jackson is fifty cent. Okay, I don't care who was the Rule Five guy that the Orioles sent back last time. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Andre Jackson. I don't know. Edwin. Edwin Jackson. No, no, Edwin Jackson is a pitcher. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, yeah, I don't know who you're talking about, but um, I mean, yeah, that's that's gonna be the the question going into this is obviously the pitching because we know it's John Means, we know it's Alex Cobb. We're pretty sure it's Asher Wojciechowski. I mean, it's kind of his spot to lose. So it is the fourth and fifth slot is the interesting uh, the interesting slot. Drew Jackson, okay, Drew Jackson. I wasn't that far off. Yeah, we uh, didn't we dump him for Straley, that guy from the Marlins. Yeah, well, yeah, I think we, we to, to is that who we, we made room for him? Like we just sent him back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, right. We sent him back to the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, to, to the Dodgers. That's right. Um, so I mean, as far as other competition goes, I think like in the bullpen, like I'm not sold on Dylan Tate. Um, I'm not sold on Cody Carroll as a bullpen option. So I think when you talk about bullpen, and we're not talking about bullpen depth, okay, right? You know, we're, we're not talking, but but these are real competitions, Josh. All right, it's all right. Yes, we're on pitching, and now that you got the bullpen, it reminded me. Yeah. Have we given up on Hunter Harvey as a starter? Have we just accepted that he's a closer? Like, why is he not in any of this conversation for the rotation? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is this a situation where he's kind of a victim of his own success, right? The fact that he was dominant as a closer last year, and he was when he came up for the – not, not as was. a closer, but as a bullpen guy. He was Great dominant. Guy. Yeah, but the whole conversation was – all while spring training, he was supposed to be a rotation guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Is I mean, I mean, he was is drafted. It, is it a health issue? It's a. I think it's a health issue. I mean, he's never been able to put in the innings in the in the minor leagues, um, or or anywhere for that matter. And so I think they thought, like for health reasons, let's put him in the bullpen. But then what I wasn't sure of is, like, is this just to control his innings and to right, get him healthy again? Or right. do they think, and they must think, right, that his shoulder or his, his whatever, his elbow, shoulder, like it's not healthy enough to be a starter. Like it's broken down enough that they've seen this happen enough times that they say, okay, we're not going to even try it anymore. We'll just stick him as a reliever. Right. And that's where I'm confused because we haven't had an open conversation about that. It's just suddenly he got caught up and stuck in the bullpen this past season and then all offseason, the talk with around him has been the bullpen competition and him maybe being the closer instead of Givens and how they would work that out. Yeah. I and mean, I don't, last year. Normally you, you give yeah. up on a guy like Britton was supposed to be a rotation guy and you gave up on him after many tries of him failing at that spot. Hunter Harvey hasn't had the opportunity yet. Yeah, it's been more health than not being able to do a good job of it. But, I mean, he had 75 innings last year he pitched. The last time he pitched that many innings was 2014 when he had 87 innings. I mean, if you just look at it, it's sad. In 2016, he pitched 12 innings. In 2017, he pitched 18 in, I'm sorry, pitched thir- 32 innings. I'm sorry, 18 innings in 2017, 32 innings in, in 2018. And this past year, uh, doubled it, over doubled it with 75 innings. So, yeah, what I'm curious to see is if he throws, like let's say he can throw another – 
I don't know, 75 innings. Um, that's actually seems like a lot for a, for a bullpen guy. I think last year, I'm just looking at his stats from, from, from last year, he started 11 games at Bowie. Um, and so he's not going to start those games. So he'll probably have even less innings than 75 innings. If next year, do they consider transitioning him? But by that point, he's probably establishing the bullpen. So yeah, I guess without a conversation, we, he's kind of just been relegated to the bullpen. Right. So I saw, so I did some Google in and I, I see that, uh, Rock wrote about Harvey in November and said how the Orioles, it's going to be interesting to watch his innings this upcoming season. And he, and it's, he's got a line in there. Harvey isn't going to start anymore. The club hasn't made an official statement on his status, but everyone sees where this is going and what both sides prefer. Yeah. And he says, I love it. It's been awesome. When we moved to the bullpen at first, I was like, let's try to figure this out. And it ended up working out pretty good. Hopefully it's the same this year. Like I said, I haven't been told anything, but hopefully it's the same. Yeah. So I guess he's okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard interviews with him since then and he's, he's cool with it, but, and it must be, I mean, he throws the ball really hard. Maybe it's hard for him to sustain that for so many innings. And then also the injury concerns has to be part of it. And, and so, and the fact that he's so good in the bullpen too, I think all that adds up to him being, being a bullpen guy but when you're so strained for starters um it is you're right they they, they, they've kind of moved off the starter talk real quick with hunter harvey right i mean i guess it also helps that we think we have starters in the pipeline so if we can have harvey in this like as we want harvey to be part of the future and if the best spot for him is that late in and closer position um I guess that's where Harvey's going to be. And it's it's just one of those weird things that we haven't had the conversation. It yeah. just happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's maybe like the order. I don't know. I think fans were maybe even surprised. I, I was how good he was in the bullpen because um, he struggled as a starter. Even in Bowie, he struggled. And part of that was injury. Like he'd be dominant for one outing and then be really bad the next outing. Um, and so, you know, you don't know what that was, but. In the bullpen, he was just so consistently good um, that, yeah, there he is. But you're right. It's interesting because there's not a lot of – I don't know. There's not a lot of – our bullpen was bad last year. Um, right. It's oh. not like we have a bunch of elite bullpen arms. Like, it's – it'd be curious to see, like, what starters, like Hunter Harvey's one. We have a lot of starters, right? Some of these starters may convert to the bullpen. So which starters make it as starters and which starters convert to, to bullpen guys will be another thing that's kind of curious to see. Um, but we have, I mean, there's between invited people um, and just pitchers on the 40 man, there's a ton of pitchers in camp. And so I think yeah, a lot like of them, 30 some. yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of them are. And so when you say there's no competition, well, what are these pitchers doing? Like, I agree that Dean Kramer will be sent back to AAA. And some of these other players just getting a cup of coffee, being invited this spring, will just be sent back. But, I mean, we got a ton of pitchers on the roster. Some of them are going to go AAA, but we don't even have enough openings in AAA for all these pitchers. I think some are going to be cut. Like, I think some are not going to even um, I mean, make that, the team. That, right. That's the neat thing and is that, like, Norfolk, we've always talked about how there's been great pitching in Delmarva. But this year, there's going to be good pitching in Delmarva, in Bowie, and in Norfolk. Like all three yeah. organizations are going to have good pitching. In fact, I was earlier today. I even looked up ML 
MILB TV to see if they've added anything new this year or anything because like that's the thing to purchase this year. Right. And I was looking and it says that this year you will get home games from all 30 AAA teams. So that means you can watch all of the Norfolk games. Uh, games involving all 30 AA teams. I don't know what that really means, but occasionally I guess you'll get to see Bowie. 1,500 games from other classifications, the AAA All-Star, the Eastern League All-Star, Southern League, all, all the All-Star games, uh, playoff games, and the National Championship game for AAA. So that's a pretty cool thing. If you want to get ready for the future, to hop on that, uh, what I don't see on here is a price. It says coming soon. Um, but that's a pretty cool way to get excited for these young pitchers. Yeah, yeah, and there'll be some good ones at every level, and that's why I think it's going to be um, good competition throughout even the minors to see who can get promoted more quickly. And there, and there's some talk, Josh, that the Orioles not are not even done with the with the signing of pitchers. I mean, we talked about there's what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve non roster. Invite. Right. Those guys aren't even on the roster, on the 40-man, 12 pitchers to go along with, like, I don't know, the 20 pitchers you have on the roster already. Um, and there's talk that they may bring in another. Michael Elias hinted that they might bring in another veteran pitcher, which should be interesting to see. Well, well, yeah, and uh, the rumor is that they were that they wanted to bring in – they want to bring Andrew Kashner back, but he wants more money than they're willing to pay right now. Uh, but you know what happens tomorrow is pitchers and catchers report, and suddenly all of those free agent pitchers' prices drop. Yeah. So so we'll see. I think it'll give the Orioles an opportunity to start to see what they've got as well as look at those other guys out there because what they're really looking for is not the future but an inning eater. Someone to just get them through games this year. Yeah, so they so don't have the awkward moment where you got guys only throwing three innings and now you have to use up your bullpen and – um, call guys up from AAA, and that kind of ruins. It messes everybody up. It messes up the, right. the AAA team. It messes up the major team. Messes up your bullpen. You can't like you can't get in a position where you're overusing guys like Michael, like Hunter Harvey, and Michael Givens. Hunter Harvey because he's young and got to watch that arm. Michael Givens because this is prime trade bait, and so you want him at his best every time he's out there. I still contend. If I was, and I said this last year, and they didn't listen to me, I'll say it again this year. If I'm uh, Michael Elias and if I'm uh, Manager Hyde, I'm putting Michael Givens in the easiest positions possible. Yeah. Not seven, eight, nine Going hitters, um, non high leverage uh, situations, never throwing two innings like Manager Hyde was doing at the beginning of the year and Givens started to struggle because I want to get his, uh, his stock price up. We're, we're both on board with the thought of reworking the closer position to high leverage situations. And if your meat of your lineup is in the eighth, you use the guy in the eighth, not the ninth. Are we both on board with that? Sure. Who is, uh, Josh, who is our high leverage guy at this point? Uh, I don't know. It's going to be Harvey or, or Givens. Yeah. So let's say Harvey would be your closer. So wouldn't you rather bring Harvey in in the seventh if he's going to face batters uh, three, four, five, rather than hold him out to the ninth? When maybe if you're still in a close position, you're going to get whatever it is, seven, eight, or eight, nine, and one slots. Yeah, well, I don't think Buck Showalter would agree with that. But that certainly. Well, Buck Showalter isn't in baseball anymore, apparently. And I mean, hey, if the Houston Astros aren't going to sign Buck Showalter, 
his time is done in baseball. Another team is not going to sign him because that was the perfect spot to bring in a guy like Buck Showalter. Yeah, I'm really kind of surprised they went with Dusty Baker over Buck Showalter. But Me too. Um, that's kind of too bad. Um, yeah, but Josh, I know that you're – Andrew Kashner, I guess. I don't know. Like between the 50 just, guys we have, I think we could find someone to eat those innings. Maybe. I, I don't Except know. Except we've all been there before. We've all seen the Norfolk Shuttle, and we know that this season we can't do the Norfolk Shuttle. But how much fun would it be? To to build to sign Cashner cheap, and then trade him again and get more crap for him. Yeah, I, just after what happened last is, year, I don't know if anyone's going to take that trade again. Yeah, I, I think Boston's not making that trade. Well, Boston. I mean, we haven't even talked about the fact that Boston is now what are they in the are they now rebuilding too? As as Boston decided, hey, if we're not paying, we're, we see all these other teams not paying huge salaries. We're not going to do it anymore either. Get rid of uh, David Price and uh, Betts. Yeah, kind of poor planning. They brought in David Zabrowski a couple years ago to get these big signings, and now they when the paychecks do, they 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 don't want to fork up the money. That's you hate to see that. I I spent the twenty minutes prior to the show because they just the bottom the Boston Red Sox uh, their their Twitter their Twitter handle just tweeted out um, about the trade, to, and I just spent twenty minutes <laughs> That's fun. reading Boston fans' reaction to the trade. Um, a lot of Stephen A. Smith in there crying. Yeah, just just good con- yeah. Twitter content. So I'm enjoying seeing the the Boston Red Sox not necessarily go through a rebuild, but when you have a super talented team and you're just trading pieces away, I, I like seeing that. Well, yeah, for a moment there, I thought suddenly Peter Angelos owned the Red Sox, trading two big names and then trying to screw up the whole trade thing over uh, over uh, medical uh, records. Yeah, it, it, it just. Gave me some bad flashes. And I tell you what, we we traded with the Dodgers for half a season Manny Machado. I think we got a better return for half a season Manny Machado, who's not as good as Mookie Betts, than what the Red Sox got for a full year of Mookie Betts. Well, better that was a that, that was the David Price salary dump, is what that was. Yeah, part, that was that was like our, that. that was like our trade, us sending Gaussman to the Braves for nothing because we we snuck O'Day in there. Yeah, which which again, and I hated that when they did it because you hate salary dumps. Um, because I'd rather get talent than dump salary, especially when you're Boston, you have all kinds of money. Um, so I think that was that's it's that's a tough pill for Boston fans to swallow. Um, but they still have a lot of talent on that roster, so we'll see. They do, they do. They'll still be good. You know, if you don't want Andrew Kashner, I heard Chris Tillman's also trying to get back into baseball. So you could bring him in. Yeah, it'd be like 2009 all over again. Yeah, right. I mean, if you want to... Hey, there's nothing an Oriole fan likes like retreads. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of ugly how his career ended. I mean, we, I mean, you saw uh, we missed the the opportunity to re-sign Ubaldo Jimenez. You see, he was yes. picked up. By Arizona, right? Is that who it was? Was Arizona or Colorado? So. Yeah, Arizona. Oh, no, maybe it was Colorado. It was one of those. It was a West Coast fish yeah. team. So, yeah, I don't know. Funny. I'm just it's just nice to get baseball season back. And even though it's gonna be pictures of them stretching and overweight and who has a beard, who doesn't have a beard. I don't think there's that. any oral yeah. players coming overweight, but we'll see. Well, yeah, because we're not that type of team anymore. We don't have a bunch of veterans. You know, yeah, we don't have anyone making I, a big paycheck who can afford that. And apparently when, when, Chris Davis, apparently looking at this interview, Chris Davis is gonna come in jacked up. <laughs> right. Well, that's the exciting thing. The excitement is going to be when Chris Davis comes in 
and everyone's expecting this whole like how'd your workout change and, and he's just like yeah it's all muscle yeah so he's going to be carrying some of these rookies around yeah so, the but you know what i yeah. like jacked up chris davis why not who cares i well i think of those years uh, because jacked up chris davis reminds me of that year when uh, he just picked Nate McLeod up over his shoulder to celebrate, like 2013, 2014, whenever that was. Yeah. That's some jacked up Chris Davis. Bring it all back. Yeah. Bring back the Adderall, the jacked up. Yeah. Bring, bring it, it all, all back. back. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. I it doesn't matter. Here. You think the balls are going to be juiced this year, or you think baseball is secretly going to say, uh, we don't know what happened last year because they still haven't admitted to the juice balls. I know. What, 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 what a fraud our commissioner is. I, 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 I we all know it. I know. I know. Even he knows it. I, I, I really hope they get rid of the juice ball. I think that's, it's just, when you're putting up video game numbers, it just becomes silly at a point. Um, And I know this year that's the same deal. The triple A and major league are using the same balls and double A lower using different balls. Um, Oh, and by the way, you know, before I went to Birdland Caravan to get the, you know, we stopped at Models to get a baseball to get signed. Yeah. I know we talked about this a little before. I just blows my mind. <laughs> We've had this conversation about the price of a ball. Do you know how much a major league Oriole? I'm not not not, not even special. Just a major league right. baseball. Twelve dollars at Models. Twelve dollars. No. Higher. Uh, nineteen ninety nine. Higher. It's over twenty five bucks. It was twenty five dollars for a major That's league a- ball. You know you can buy like a game use ball for seventy five bucks or something. This uh, is for one of those foul. Now balls. I never understood why people were so desperate to catch balls in like batting practice or something. Yeah, because there were twenty five bucks. Shoot, I'm gonna be out there. You're gonna see me out there prior to every game trying to catch balls just to <laughs> right. save money. No, I ended up buying. You can get like twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars for one ball. I got. The, I got some balls. I'll send you. No, I just bought the like youth ball, like the youth t ball age. Eight practice uh, balls or something. It's like the uh, same size for baseball, but it's supposed to be used for like practice or whatever. But what you should do, get the little pitch training balls that have like the different colors where you put your fingers and get the get that just for pitchers to sign. Just for pitchers or to or ask if the pitcher wants to use it. Yeah. Well, I mean Ryan Ryan McKenna's I mean he's pretty young. So I mean I think it was eight and under ball, but still pretty okay. young. But anyway, that 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 was just uh, eight bucks for a pack of two. Twenty five, a twenty five dollar ball is ridiculous. It was like I couldn't believe it. I was like, like I thought I thought baseball, like I thought MLB purchased Rollins to make the ball cheaper. Really, they just bought it to make it cheaper for themselves, and then jack up the price with that MLB stamp on it. Yeah, and are there no other balls like Rawlings? Had every youth ball, every every ball was a Rawlings ball. I don't think anyone else makes balls. balls. No no one else makes balls. I don't know. Someone make a ball and sell for three bucks and I'll buy it. I don't know. I don't know if you can. uh, I don't know if they even make like, can you buy just a generic ball? I don't know. They all all have that baseball symbol on them. Anyway, I got the youth balls for a good deal. But yeah, 25 bucks for a baseball. I had models. And that wasn't even like a souvenir ball with like the Orioles on or whatever. All right. All right. Odell's totally ripped you off. Well, I didn't buy it, so they didn't rip me off, but go ahead. All right, because on Amazon, you can get a Rollins official 2020 baseball of Major League Baseball with a display case for $13.79. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. So, so uh, That's still might... more than I want to spend for a baseball, but okay. 
Yeah, but I'll accept that price. Under 15 bucks, I'm okay with it. Uh, I don't know what Rollins was thinking with a $25 ball. That's what And uh, yeah, all the balls on Amazon are Rollins. So I don't know if anyone makes another ball. Hey, speaking of the commissioner, you want to get to real quick some of the these new – a couple quick stories. I just want to make a quick comment on this, and then we'll get to some of the new baseball rules. Have you been reading or paying any attention to – because I've been enjoying it thoroughly – the stuff coming out about the Astros and the letter that Major League Baseball sent to the Astros. You been paying attention to that no. stuff? No, I, ha- I haven't seen it. Oh, I, I cannot. I cannot wait for the press conferences from their from their spring training. I'm just. I'm enjoying it. Jeff Lunau is such. It comes across as such a shady dude. It's unbelievable. Like he says. Um, he says. That Luna would get these emails, right? And they would call it like the dark arts because they had this whole code breaking Excel spreadsheet that they would use in game to like signal to the players as they kind of broke the code within right. the game. So, in other words, right, they were trying to hide what they were doing because they knew it was wrong. And they were called the dark arts, right? And Luna said he knew he didn't know about it. And here was the excuse. And this is what he says he said he opened the emails. But he told investigators he did not read to the bottom of the emails. So even though it was excluded in the email, he just doesn't read to the bottom of his email. Oh, so he's innocent. Right. He saw it because he didn't read to the bottom. So of he email. he opened up the emails. He said, "Oh, his, I don't. This is just this is just some Harry Potter spam. I'm not reading this." Yeah, the guy who works for him sends him an email, and he doesn't read it to to to, to the bottom. Uh, it doesn't even make sense. And he said, and one of the emails sent to him said, "Hey, hey, listen, um, it's not working as effectively." these dark arts, the code breaker, because um, teams are starting to catch on that we're doing it and they're changing their signs um, like 12 to 18 times every game. Um, and so it's not being as effective. But <laughs> there's a line in there. Uh, and, he, and this is a quote he said. He added, the struggling teams like the Toronto Blue Jays and Oakland Athletics, quote, seem not to care as much, so they don't change their signs. <laughs> so, like, the, the good teams were changing right. their signs all the time because they knew. The bad teams knew but just didn't care and so didn't change their signs. I bet that applies to the Orioles, too, where they probably knew. And then the other story, this I love all of this stuff about the Astros. The other story is a former uh, a Blue Jays pitcher. Yeah, both That's what I was going to ask you about, yeah. that he is suing the Astros saying they, right. they like ruined his career. Yeah, is, I love this story so much. And he's and good for him. He's um if he, if he wins it all, it's all going to charity. So this he's suing right. for charity, which is good and for he, him. And I hope <laughs> I hope he wins this case so much. Uh, yeah. That's so funny. And he's suing for he's suing for 31 million dollars because that was what they that was the World Series bonus that they all got. Oh, is that the money suing for? Yeah. Yeah, so that's the money. Yeah, that's I mean and and you got to think about it in that terms, right? Like and that's why players are upset because they did mess with people's careers when you do this. You're cheating the game. You're cheating the integrity of the game. And so I think it's I think it's good people are taking legal action. And I hope that they have when, to pay for lawyers' fees to handle all this stuff. All right. So, yeah, I, I love that this stuff keeps coming out. But there's still a big looming question over all of this, which is the Boston Red Sox. Because – that investigation is still not done. Do you think they are going to try to release that investigation before the start of the season? They're not going to want it to drag into the season. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm starting to think maybe it might be a, uh, a whole pile of nothing. I don't know. Um, no, the yeah. Red Sox were the ones that were like supposed to be wearing like 
uh, Fitbits or something that were buzzing. Like they were supposed to take it to another level. Well, I, I mean, I don't know what they were doing, but I, I think this could be a situation where maybe MLB feels like they can't get enough information on it to be confident about their – or they would have already – I feel like they already would have come down with something. So I feel like this is um, – I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pessimistic that there's going to be a big big story here, but we'll see. Okay. But, yeah, but, but let's get to some of the MLB proposed rule changes. I mean, or I guess hey, this is just a specific just- change in the playoffs. <laughs> Right, hey, I just saw this this Mike Boslinger guy, the yeah. former pitcher. Yes. Do you know how many times? Yeah. Do you know how many games he faced the Astros in? Well, one. And uh, over over four years. Yeah. His his career record for the four years is eight nineteen. Okay. In twenty four in in twenty fourteen, no games against the Astros, five point five ERA. 2015, no games against the Astros, 362 ERA. Nice, decent 2016, no games against the Astros, 683 ERA. Okay. 2017, two games against the Astros, 631 ERA. And I don't even know if those were home games because it doesn't say. Well, it doesn't matter because they were using the code-breaking system on the road and at home. Okay, so with the new gotcha. information, they were using the code-breaking no matter where. Now they weren't. Now the code breaking eventually turned into the banging drums, but it began as code breaking, which was being done on the road and at home. So I like the idea of of a pitcher suing the Astros. He might have not been the best guy to do this. Well, just because he wasn't like, very good. Yeah. Well, because he didn't face the Astros. Like he, someone in their division should have done it. Yeah. Or, or like. Or I feel like the Yankees team. or something, right? Who yeah. lost to them in the playoffs. Exactly. All right, can we get to some of the new playoff rules? Or proposed playoff changes for 2022, just in time for the Orioles yeah, to be good the, again. Yeah, which as of 6 o'clock tonight, the union chief, Tony Clark, said that he's never heard of this and that he has no prior knowledge. Uh, well, the union probably be all over this. Oh, yeah. All right. You want to go over some of the changes? Yeah, so I guess just the, the short of it is instead of um, five teams from each league who make the playoffs – bump it up to seven teams, the the number one seed gets a bye, and the number two team gets to choose who their opponent will be from the lesser seeds, um, from the higher seeds. I guess it depends how you look at it. From the teams with the worst record, the team with the best record gets to choose who they play. Um, and now, then instead now, of not, one game, it becomes a best, out of, best out of three. And part of the plan is that that team choosing thing would be a televised event. Yes. Which which is weird. Which to me sounds kind of really cool, right? If you think back to this past year. No, that, it sounds like they're trying to be the NBA. What? How are you going to pick? Are you going to put like Trey Mancini and he's going to go out there and announce the Orioles would like to play the uh, Tampa Bay Rays? How, are they, <laughs> how do you do that? How do you make this a television event? Well, a draft. I, I don't know how does how does the NFL makes make freaking releases in the schedule a one hour tele, 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 television event. I mean, it can be done. Right, I'll, give, I'll give you that. So, and I just think it's strategy wise, it's just, right? Like, do you want to play if you're, if you're the Yankees? Do you want to play the Red Sox, or would you rather play someone with a you know with a better record, but that aren't the Red Sox? I, I just think right. it brings some interest in strategy, and I know a lot of people are crapping on it um, on on the Twitter sphere. But everyone crapped on the wild card. When they introduced the wild card game, everyone thought it was a terrible idea. And it turns out to be one of the best things ever happened to baseball. Okay. Yeah. But 
we're talking 14 teams make the playoffs. Sure. Out of out of 30 teams. Sure. So half of your teams are in the playoffs. Less than half, but close to it. Doesn't, sure. All right, you're one team short of half. Yeah, okay. You are. You're one. <laughs> I so, said okay. All right. Um, isn't this like an NBA NHL thing? Doesn't this get you to the point where, well, the playoffs aren't the playoffs matter way more than like the regular season doesn't matter as much? Does it take anything away from the 162 games you played before? Well, what's one of the biggest problems right now in facing baseball, Josh? They're too long. The games are too long. Speed. Yeah. Kids. The the pace of play. What's another okay. big problem that right now the Orioles, it's happening with people are criticizing the Orioles for, people criticizing the Tigers for, people always criticize the Marlins for. Oh, for tanking. For tanking. So, I got you. So, right, so you, all of a sudden, so you got a better chance. Half the teams are getting in. There's a lot less motivation for tank. All of a sudden, oh, yeah. no. all of a sudden um, the Orioles, right, a team who has a couple games under 500, the trade deadline, now all of a sudden can can go all in to get that to get that last gotcha. spot. So I think it reduces guess, tanking, which I think is a good thing. And I um, guess choosing your choosing your your enemy to play against. And is that a one game? Because yeah, I do love the one game. I uh, see. I don't like best out of three. I love the one game. Well, so you're taking away you're taking away the one game. Like that's what makes wild card special. Is it's in you're in and you're out. Yeah. the The other thing is the what doesn't happen now. What would happen then would be there'd be a first round bye um, for the team with the best record. So that's better motivation to get the best record because right. you get a bye the first round. Now, this says that the three game series will take place all in one city. So I guess the higher seed will get all three of those uh, wildcard games. The team with the better record, yeah. Whatever they call that first that. division. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That's, that's a big advantage to get in the top half of the team. So that's cool. That might help with balancing the fact that uh, half the teams get in. Yeah. So but would that then push, push the world series up into like Thanksgiving? Yeah. How, how do you fit all this in your schedule? Yeah, I don't know. And you're right. And this is what the biggest thing that the NBA is criticized for and baseball to a certain sense do maybe baseball to, to a, a more extreme extent is you play so many of the regular season games where like in the NBA, like no one watches until, you know, until, until around this time of year, because there's 82 games. There's way too many games. Um, and I think baseball, it might be guilty to the same, same thing is there's way too many games, but it would make for more interesting races when you get down to other things. I always look at it as how does it affect the Orioles? And it might help the Orioles' chances to get the playoffs in 2022. Now, in 2023, it doesn't matter because they're winning the division. So it doesn't matter <laughs> how many playoff series, teams. But... Yeah. But it might be nice for the Orioles to get a first-round uh, bye in 2023 yeah. with these new playoff standings. And be able to – yeah. Or pick who we need to play and get even more home games. Sure. More uh, home playoff games. That that works. You know what? I, I do like the fact that they are being creative. Yeah. They're trying to think out of the box and make baseball more exciting. I love the tradition of baseball, but I also know that it needs updating and needs changing, and you can't just leave things alone. You have to always think about how to reach the next generation, how to make the sport better. So uh, I just want robot umps mixed in with this, and it will be good. Yeah, I agree with you, Josh. But the other, my other thought is, though, is it's a little bit annoying in that 
the problems I see that you need to address are a get all technology out, out of the dugouts. Let's talk about that. Yes. Yes. B, I do not want iPads sitting on the in the dugouts. I hate that. Get it all out. But 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 Josh, do you, but do you, do you see my point? This article came out about 2022 playoffs when there's a scandal happening right now and we've heard nothing about technology in the dugouts. Like handle that one. Right, yes. Right. I agree. You're right. Because you're right. I would love I want all technology out of the baseball players' hands. Yeah. I want the umpires and the and the broadcast crew to have even more um technology i'm not with you on the robot umps by the way i go back and forth and i'm now anti-robot um but i've gone back and forth about five i go back and forth too right now i'm robot umps uh did you watch any of the afl this or uh, xfl this weekend no no i ain't nobody got time for okay (laughs) i watched i watched the half and what i like is the refs had mics didn't i hear that they're putting mics on the umpires for baseball this year they're did on, I make that up? No, it's true. On on like the chief or whatever of the, yeah. um, just to announce for like reviews what's happening. Okay. All right. Well, I like. Okay. So that's more like the NFL. I like that. Crew chief. What I like, what I like in the XFL is they could go to the coaches' mics anytime they wanted, and they were just playing the audio of the coaches talking and stuff. Yeah, and there. And I mean, there's a lot the of talk game. on Twitter about a guy fumbled, I guess, and they went immediately and asked him about fumbling. Yeah, the ball. So I kind of like that for the XFL, but you'll ne- but it kind of baseball does a little bit of that with Fox on Saturdays when they got the the uh, what's his name with the bow tie right there in the dugout. Yeah, t- yeah, yeah. So they do a little bit of that, but I, that, I did like that part of the XFL. So I'm excited for little changes like that in baseball. Baseball, it's hard to make changes. The guys move really slow. So yeah, and that's but that's my thing. The, like take technology to the dugout, make pitchers. Pitch faster, and if you take the technology out of the dugout, maybe people will be less par- 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 paranoid and stop stealing signs and all that. Because I think that's a big contributor to slowing the game down is you're freaking out to change your signs all the time, and that slows it down to get on the same page as your catcher. So pick up the pace of play, right. make the pitcher throw the ball faster, um, handle this juice ball situation. Like there's some immediate things that I feel like baseball needs to address. And so looking at this pie in the sky playoff scenarios. I find a little bit annoying sometimes. No, and I'm with you. And the Major League Baseball still could do something about this technology in the dugout and ban it. Say, you know what? There's been too much stuff going around. We're just getting rid of it for this season while we reevaluate it. They could easily do that because they have had a weird time of juggling the use of technology and all this like analytics stuff. But then I love the idea of all that stuff is great until the first pitch. And yeah. then it's all gone. Yeah. And I think baseball would be wise to say, while we're still figuring this out, we're putting a pause on that for now. Get yeah. it all out. Because I acknowledge to to Houston fans that there is a little bit of gray area when it comes to stealing signs, right? Like everyone acknowledges that stealing signs is part of baseball. And so like – Even though it's you, illegal either way, yes. Yeah, but you could moralize it and you could like at least, um, uh, you know, kind of reason you your way out art. of it. Yeah, there's a dark art. Yeah. And so, and like uh, Lunau claimed, he thought they were getting all that data on the the signals to be used in the future games, not in the game that's occurring. And so it's just, it gets a little complicated. And so I think baseball needs to come clear on like, what are the expectations of stealing signs? Is stealing signs acceptable if you're just standing on second base, but without the use of technology? Like they, they just, there's 
Yes. I mean, there's so many un kind of written rules in baseball, and I like the unwritten rules in baseball. I think it makes it kind of entertaining, and I hope people throw the ball at Astros players. Sorry, your snowflakes who get offended. You can't. That's a live weapon throwing a hundred mile per hour baseball at a baseball player. Snowflakes, uh, shut up. Like I hope Astros players get thrown out all year long, and 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 so I like some of those unwritten rules in baseball. But you need to get a hand on this whole technology thing. You, you, you yeah. got to. It's getting out of control. It's out already. And you got, it's been out of control. <laughs> right. But you got to jump out in front of it now before opening day because you know what's going to happen is people are stupid. So what they're going to do is every time they see a dugout shot and see an iPad on the backstop, they're going to take a screenshot, post it to Twitter. Looks like the Orioles are cheating. Looks like yeah. the Yankees are cheating. It's already happening. People going back to the other videos – when someone right. puts their hand up to their face, they're looking for smart watches or something. Well, we, we went through this years ago with the pine tar, where it was always, look how dark his helmet is. Yeah, yeah. Now, or look out, look out, look, he's got something on his hat. Yeah, they're going to have to start patting so, people down. Right. So I think I, my prediction is that the juice ball is gone. They're not going to say anything, and they're going to act like we all forgot about last year. Yeah, that's how I think they're going to fix the juice ball. They're just going to get rid of that and get bring back. They got rid of it. They're not going to talk about it. They're going to say it was a fluke in production and nothing that they fixed or changed or did anything, even though we all know they did it. Hmm. You know, they got to if 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 the baseball people were smart about all these smartwatches and stuff, they would talk to the vape people. Because we get updates in school with all okay. the stuff, the newest technology to hide vapes in. Because you know they put vapes in everything now. It's in highlighters. It's in soda cans. Oh, I, I'm like not up on the vape game. Jock straps. Like they literally have. If you just search like Amazon, if you just search like, search like base vape dispensers or something, or vape concealers or something, there's a whole. You can literally put a vape in anything nowadays. And um, I'm telling you, the baseball people need to get together with the um, with the vape people, and and they'll find ways to hide your smartwatch in your jock strap, in your cup, and in, in in whatever, um, because these vape people are the, are the masters of it. So that's right. so yeah. If you want a good time, explore. I mean, you can put in a in a McDonald's cup, wherever. Oh yeah, here's a vape highlighter. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here's some, here's a, here's a sharpie. Yeah, I'm telling you, you can put vapes in it. Okay. Like by, by time you, but by the time you 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 sit through one of these PDs, you like assume every kid with a pencil is, is really smoking right. a vape on the side as they're as they're writing well, out their answer. It's like, all right, yeah, it's like the joke about the 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 high guy people who are uh, how they they think so much about how to get away with doing their drugs that if they put that thought process into anything reasonable, they'd be really smart people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You can. You can figure out ways to sneak this vape, but you can't even pass a stupid English, basic English class. So come on, dude. Right, exactly. What, like, what are we even doing here? But I guess maybe this is part of the education system, teaching them some skills about ingenuity and, I don't know, getting around the law, which you have to do in life sometimes, I guess. I yeah. don't know. All right. Um, hey, before we get out of here, real quick, I meant to ask you this on the pre-show, hmm. but I started watching The Outsider. Oh, I only started watching it. I started. So I've, yeah. By the way, I started I, reading reading a book, Nosferatu. Finally, I finally got around to reading that book. But anyway. Oh, okay. I've uh, the Joe Hill book. Better. Yeah, I've I've read that book. It's, uh, I just the, started that. the 
The TV show for that's not bad either, but the book's better. All right. Course. So you started watching uh, Outsider. Started watching The Outsiders. Uh, it's pretty good, but I feel like watching it, I kind of feel like almost like I've seen it because I read the book, which is weird. Uh, Especially because it's kind of like, a mystery and you, you already know where this is going. They, they've screwed with the Holly character, right? Oh, yes. Why? Well, I didn't like Holly to begin and, with, but like in the book, she's like just like, like extreme OCD. Right. And, and here's my problem. Yeah. Is it's the same Holly from Mr. Mercedes and uh, the other book. The, all the, right? that, that series, yeah. That, yeah, it's Finders a trilogy. Keepers. The Finder Keepers yeah. tri- trilogy. Right. And Holly. that's why I read The Outsider years and years ago because it was part of this whole, they all went together. Well, I started watching, I started watching uh, Mr. Mercedes, which is on a different TV network with a different person cast as Holly, and it's completely different. And Holly probably is more true, true to the book in that one, I would imagine. I don't know. I watched two episodes, and I said, I can't watch this until I finished. Uh, it's too confusing. I got to finish The Outsider first. Then I can watch this. Yeah, the, the Holly character almost made me like stop watching because I was so annoyed with her. Um, right. I just I, but, uh, I didn't like her in the, in the book, so either. I didn't like her in the, in the Finder's Keepers trilogy. I didn't like her in in anything, and I don't like her in the in the film. Okay. In the, right, but everything so else about that me, series, that I like. character's off. Yeah, I, uh, you like in the she's Joe a Hill hard book? character to get right. What's that? Yeah, you like you like in the Joe Hill book? Oh, I'm I'm only uh, like two chapters in. Okay, all right. So you're just getting into it. Uh, have you watched Lock and Key yet on Netflix? Is it out? I saw it the just came out this past Friday. I haven't watched it yet. Oh no, I'll be watching that though. That's but, I'm t- I haven't read a ton of graphic novels, but that's an awesome graphic novel. Right. Speaking of Joe Hill, that's it. Yeah, it's yeah. his graphic novel. Yeah, it's, so. yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. On a lot of levels. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I'm glad we were able to get a little uh, Stephen King family, <laughs> family books <laughs> and movies into the conversation. Yeah. Next time we'll have to talk a little about Tabitha King. Have you I read have any Tabitha, read Tabitha King? King. Yeah, no, I've read a lot, of, a lot of Stephen King, a lot of Joe Hill. And now Mandy is loving The Outsider, so she's getting into Stephen King as well now. Cool. Yeah. I mean, there's you can spend your life reading Stephen King. There's a lot out there. All right, boys and girls. Thanks for listening to another episode of Section 336. Go on iTunes and write us a review. We appreciate five stars and say something nice. You can also follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Just search Section 336 Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Rooker. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's.
Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.